So thank you, Florence, and a uh, wonderful skit that uh, all our brothers and sisters have uh, put up. In fact, before I just came up, uh, the ministry out there has just encouraged us that there's six sign-up, five for WSCS and one for worship, worship and music ministry. But of course, for the youth and young adults and children ministry, they appeal to you that uh, if you have children with you and youth with you today, please visit their booth because their booth is very empty and cold. So an encouragement to them. And besides those uh, ministry that uh, Florian has shared with us, don't forget about cell ministry, right? Step up as cell leaders as well. Join us in LCC as a steward. So a very good morning to all of you. I would like to thank the pastor's office for giving me this opportunity again this morning to share my reflection with all of you. Three years ago, if you could remember Tongguan, it's Tongguan, yeah, Tongguan in 2019, shared his reflection during Leti Sunday before he stepped down as lay leader. I thought it was a practice in Amokyo that lay leader could step down after sharing a sermon. So I attempted last year. But it did not succeed. That's why I tried again this morning and I have succeeded. So thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to serve you as your lay leader for the past three years. Two weeks ago, I have handed over this lay leadership to Audrey after our last local conference. May we all keep Audrey and her family in prayers as she served as our very first female lay leader after 44 years. So yes, today is Leti Sunday. So as part of uh, Methodist Church in Singapore, we celebrate Leti Sunday on the second Sunday in October. This is where all of us participate in the worship service. We actually ask the pastors and the pastoral team members to take a break this morning so that they can also worship God together with our family this morning. But unfortunately, we planned this rather late. And they could not because they are ongoing ministry, like the children's ministry that's gone to Safra Topayo, as well as the hub service, now ongoing at Amokyo Hub. But they promised they will work to, towards that so they, they could have a full break during Leti Sunday next year. Leti Sunday also offered us a time to reflect our unique call as Leti, how God called us as disciples in participating God's mission in this world. So the installation of the LCC for this new term will be conducted later in this service. So similar to last year, all lay leaders from our 21 Trinity Annual Conference are encouraged to share on the same topic today. The topic selected by the Track Board of Leity for this Sunday is Living a Fruitful Christian Life. So in my sharing today, I will divide the sermon into two parts. First, I will share on what is meant by being a fruitful Christian? Second, though there are many ways and spiritual disciplines towards fruitfulness, I will share with you using the four scripture verses provided by track on how can we live a fruitful Christian life. And juxtaposed with our church team this year on God's call, perhaps God is calling all of us to be a fruitful in our Christian walk. Come, let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, may your holy presence be with us this morning. May you use me as your instrument, Lord, to bring your word across to your people, to your congregation, Lord. 
as we reflect upon your words for us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So in the Bible, fruit is the metaphor that is usually used. It is used to describe the outward demonstration of one inward character. Our fruit includes our thoughts, our actions, the words that we use, our attitudes, and our behavior. Therefore, the most important thing towards understanding what it means to be a fruitful Christian is to first understand what it means to be a Christian. This may seem obvious, but the truth is many people may have the misconception about what it means to be a Christian. Many people believe that doing good deeds, going to church on Sunday, pledging from $5 to $10, being born in a Christian family makes them Christian. And these are really demonstrated by the skit earlier on. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 and Romans 8, verse 9 to 11 reminded us that a Christian is one who has been born again through his or her faith. And there's therefore a new creation who dwells and powered by the Holy Spirit. The contrast between the fruit or works of the flesh produced by sin and the fruit of the Spirit produced in the life of a Christian is clearly written in Galatians 5, verses 19 to 24. And it's very clear to us, those who have been born again spiritually belongs to Jesus Christ. We shall produce the fruit of the Spirit. It is critical to understand that being fruitful is not something that can be accomplished by mere human power, but only by the power of the Holy Spirit working in, working through us. So being fruitful is the work of the grace of God. And good fruit cannot be pledged simply by external acts. If that were the case, then the Pharisees would be the most fruitful person of all mankind. Instead, in Matthew chapter 23, Jesus condemns, condemns these religious leaders for confusing inward and outward righteousness by calling them whitewashed tombs because they appear good on the outside, but inside they are rotten. The Pharisees are not motivated by love for the Messiah and their aim is also not to glorify God. Rather, they are motivated by their self-righteousness. With the aim of appearing righteous before men, they bear bad fruit disguised as good fruit. The Pharisees is something that we do not want to imitate. I was once living a life like the Pharisees. I was a pew warmer or even lesser than a pew warmer. I attended services in Amokyo Methodist Church since Pastor uh, Dr. Donna Chia, Pastor Sim Chong Hui, Pastor Stanley Chua. And also attend only on special occasions, like first Sunday of the New Year, Good Friday, Easter Sunday, or even Christmas to get the blessings. I avoided the pastors and the leaders of the church. Because when, when you remember the old building, when they are standing on on one side, I will try to find another exit to walk away. And I also avoid contacts with any members that want to know me. I justified myself that weekends are the time of rest. We need to send Harold for his swimming lessons and enrichment classes. Though I declare I'm a Christian to many of my friends and colleagues, I confess I continue to live 
the values of the world. I did that because I justified my own actions and do not have a good understanding of what does it mean to be a fruitful Christian. Looking back, I am disappointed with myself for not being fruitful for God and wasted many years of able to walk with Him spiritually. So to be a fruitful Christian, we need to work from the inside out. Let me share with you what does this fruit look like. Good fruit is seen in the change of our character, our attitudes, our affections, and our actions. We begin to mix with fellow believers more. We love others with the love of God inside us and are easily to forgive. As we are given the opportunities, we seek to do good to everyone. We exercise our spiritual gift for the building of the body of Christ and His kingdom. We share the good news of salvation and witness to the world. We are grateful and give praise to God even though we are going through trials and tribulations. We confess our sins to God and pray for His continual work inside us. We strive to know God and to do the things which please Him, knowing that we can bear no fruits besides from Him. So being a fruitful Christian is not about checking off a do list, but having our whole being, our character change, soaking in the presence of God, renewing our minds, and progressively conform to the image and likeness of Christ. To be fruitful also means to knowing God, seeking Him, and to be able to be found by Him. Since 1st September this year, Pastor Office has started a new sermon series, Knowing God. This sermon will teach us to know God more, love what He loves, and do what He commands in a loving manner with a joyful spirit. So in summary, we should not forget that it is by God's grace that we produce good fruit. The fruit is good because God is good. And all and we ascribe all the glory to Him. For those who want to read more, you can also revisit the sermon series on Love God and Love People. We have done this in 2016 and 2017. So love God by loving His people. So whenever the Bible speaks of fruit or being fruitful in Christ, it is often in reference to the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Operating the life of believer in Galatians 5, which we have read earlier. So in this second part of my sharing, I will attempt to use the four scripture verses provided by Trek to refresh ourselves with our 2020 church team, Home with a Heart, for our practical applications on how can we live a fruitful Christian life. Understanding God's words. First and foremost, to know God deeper, we need to understand His words. Psalm chapter 1, verse 3 reminded us that the person who delights in God's law is like a tree planted by streams of water. This is not the picture of a tree growing naturally besides a river, but of a tree planted by a gardener beside a water course, which draws its life-sustaining nourishment from a stream flowing through its roots. A God-centered life draws a spiritual energy from God's word which is compared to many streams. And the word streams are in a plural form. 
representing the abundance, the overflowing supply of strength and sustaining grace conveyed in God's word. The godly sets down deep roots into a reservoir which will never run dry. One that refreshes, one that revives, one that cleanses and one that satisfies for to those who draws upon it, God's word can sustain us. Hence, the lesson of this metaphor is that spiritual fruitness, fruitfulness is not naturally attained, but God-given. Unlike the Palestinian wadis that go dry in summer, God's life-giving streams will never go dry. You'll be constant so that the leaf, the fruits that we produce will never withers through drought and the crop never fails. And how do I apply this in my life? Besides doing my daily devotion, I used to join a Bible reading chat group. A few of us come together and there is a facilitator that assigns certain verses and chapters to read every day. So our aim is to complete the Bible in a year. I benefited from that. To, to go on to wanting to read God's Word more, I have also signed up the disciple courses as well as attended the midweek Bible studies that the church have conducted. So I really encourage all of you who have yet to have a chance to even sign up for the disciple courses, Disciple 1, 2, 3, and 4, Master Life, Component in Christ, Christian Believer. Do sign up so that you can go the words deeper on various books of the Bible as well when the registration opens next year. Second is to be holy because God is holy. God expects us to imitate Him by following His high moral standard to pattern our conduct on His character so as to reflect the nature of God properly. If you notice the fruit of the Spirit described in Galatians 5, they are attributes of God. Love, peace, faithfulness, goodness. It is expected that this fruit will closely resemble the parent plant, which in this case is the Spirit of God. While it is true that we cannot see the human heart, we can see the absence, we can see the presence of the fruit in a person's life. Therefore, to live a fruitful Christian life, we need to set apart and be holy in our relationship with God and to others. The purpose of the Methodist movement was to spread scriptural holiness across the land. John Wesley once claimed that there was no personal holiness but social holiness. Wesley was countering a privatized notion of the Christian faith. The original context of him saying was in relation to the necessity for Christians to come together and fellowship with one another. So we cannot grow spiritually alone. We cannot walk in this faith alone. As committed Christians, we need the whole church body coming together. We need our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ to grow together. On this point, may we pray for those 400 members that have yet to come back to church and for those watching online. You know, the pastors, the leaders, and all of us look forward for your return to worship with us together sometime. And this is, the next point is abide in Him. And this is the core point in discipleship. A reminder on the issue of identity on who God is and who we are. The branches are not to be confused 
with the vine, and the vine was to be regarded as very different from the branches. Knowing that Jesus is the vine and we are the branches, we can only produce fruits if we remain connected to Him. Therefore, as disciples, we must be attached to the divine source in order to be fruitful. This abiding relationship is natural to the branch and the vine, but it must be cultivated in the Christian life. It is not going to be automatic. Rather, it is something that we are commanded to do, which take effort and action on our part. So to abide in Christ, the true vine, demand us some personal discipline, to spend time with the Master, communicating with Him through prayers, through reading His Word, fellowship with one another, and witness to the world. If there's one thing I could encourage you to abide in God regularly, I would encourage you to meet each other more often and have fellowship with one another over a cup of coffee or even a meal. Join a cell group if you have not. To account for the decision that we have made before you become a Christian, as well as to account your spiritual growth in walking in this body of Christ together. Participate in the ministry organized activities, serve in one area that you are comfortable with to start off. So, over the past 10 years, I thank God for blessing me with two wonderful cell groups the pastors and my fellow brothers and sisters serving. LCEC, I thank them for who I am today and their regular encouragement to me and Aileen. Even Emily and Bing Chai have uh, brewed Herbert tea for me to prepare my speaking today. <laughs> yeah. Outward calling. This is a clear calling to all disciples like us and serve as a general heading for the main body of the sermon teaching by Jesus from Matthew chapter 5, verse 7. It consists of two metaphors that we are all very familiar with, salt and light. Jesus will call us with authority and it is Jesus who decides the nature and character of his calling to us. Hence, as disciples, we are by definition the people who sought the earth and light the world. As no one else will be responding to this calling or this responsibility, this reality need not cause us to fear. Our identity as disciple of Christ is not created or preserved by how well we know knowledge of the Bible, but to really live out our lives as identity, as thought and light of the world. So each Christian will live out this calling according to his or her vocation. A person who utterly refuses this calling to be sought and light is a person who has never entered the doorway of the Beatitudes. A disciple who deserts the Lord who caught him can no longer sought the earth and light the world. So both words and deeds are necessary. Words without deeds will not be heard. Deeds without heard words will bring no one to praise the Father in heaven. Each believing layperson or pastors stand as disciple and receive the calling to be sought and light. So my last point is on service. To live a fruitful life, another essential area is to serve. The good works that the believer does can also be counted as fruits. When you show even the simplest act of kindness to Christian and non-Christian alike, 
that you come in contact with, extending a helping hand, and to those in need to sh- or to share your resources in support of our church ministry and God's kingdom, you are bearing the fruit of good works. We thank all members who have joined us for the community blessing yesterday. We thank God for the good weather that we were able to send out all the cell group, 75, at least 75 cell group, many of us going out to bless the different parts of Amokyo community. Today, we are indeed thankful to those members who are already serving in different ministries in church. Before COVID-19, our membership is about 1,200. But right now, and most of the time, there's only 30% of members serving. Now, our weekly attendance is about 500 over the three services. So you can see that there's many laborers that's needed to come online. Even today, we have the worship team, the welcome team, even the skit team, and all of them will be serving for three services. And I will just recall with Kevin just now, I saw them 10 years ago, right, where they are early 30s. So I really encourage those early 30s to step up to serve in the worship and music ministry. Yeah. Clap, huh? Yeah, so we really need a member to step up, worship ministry, welcome, or even sign up at a booth out there. So as part of our Serve God, Serve One Another campaign, a number of ministries have set up their booth outside Century 2 as well as the Amstrud Hall. After service, may I ask that you spend five minutes of your time to find out more about them and consider serving in any of the ministry today so that I can use your number to encourage the 5 p.m. later. <laughs> so as you reflect on the skit earlier on, may you hear God. It's not every Sunday that you can hear God. <laughs> so may God really grant you the discernment to seek and use whatever gift and resources that was given to you to serve Him, to serve others as faithful servants of God's grace. So in conclusion, living a fruitful Christian life is a calling of every one of us. Not that we choose God, but God chose us. He has called us to be His disciples and appointed us to be fruitful. And while He brings glories to the Father when the branches bear much fruit, the branches share in the joy of the vine dresser, the joy and satisfaction that go hand in hand with the bearing of more perfect and abundant fruits, are not only reserved for the vine dresser, who is the father, but also shared by the branches as well. The only way for us to be fruitful in Christ is to understand his words, to be holy, abide in him, and be the salt and light of the world. How does God call us to serve? He called us to a life of charity that's rooted in joy, and not in duty. We want to serve God, to serve others, because we are excited to have the chance to use the gift and resources to make a difference, to make a difference in the life of others, to make a difference in the life of the community, to make a life different in His kingdom. The sooner we discover that we are but the branches, the salt and the light, 
the better we will be able to relate to God. So may God bless us. May God call us to be a Methodist family after God's heart and live a fruitful Christian life. To God be the glory.